They found him. It took 10 years, a lot of digging, and many sleepless nights, but I finally found him. I think in the back of my mind, I always wondered if it was him or his friends, but maybe that's just wishful thinking. Maybe if it wasn't for me coming here and investigating Nancy's death, he would have gotten away with it. I knew a few things about Nancy's killer for sure. They attended Nancy's funeral. They had access to music boxes. They also had access to old files of Nancy at the radio station. They should have been able to steal Ryan's cell phone from his office. They must have been in good enough physical condition to climb a tree with a bike in hand. They must have known where I lived. Paul had no motive and a substantial alibi. Ryan, even though he had motive, had a solid alibi, further legitimized by Hal and Bridget's story. Despite Hal's collection of music boxes, it couldn't have been him. That package with Nancy's bloody school ID arrived at my door while he was incarcerated. It's clear none of the three suspects had the opportunity to murder Nancy and terrorize me afterward. However, the individual who did do it had to have some kind of connection between the three suspects. And there was only one person who keeps appearing throughout the case who had the means, motive, and opportunity. I'm sure you want me to tell you who it is. Why he did it. Well, I'm telling you now. I refuse to say his name. I will not turn this monster into a celebrity. And I will not popularize his motive. It doesn't matter what kind of contemptible reasoning he put together to legitimize the killing of my cousin. However, I'll put you at ease. I promise he will not harm anyone else. It's clear he listened to the podcast. He lured me to Nancy's crime scene by suggesting on Twitter that I should check out the woods. And he used his access to Nancy's voice to scare me. But this was his undoing. Bridget Horn happened to listen to episode six and connected Nancy's unnatural way of saying the name Phoebe Lowe to commercial Nancy recorded for Ryan, where she said, Fee below. That's what you heard last week. I had made it a point to reach out to Nancy's old co-workers at the radio station. However, many had left the station in their later years. But Nancy's killer had just recently gotten hired at WEGT. Due to his interest in podcasting, apparently. So after I released last week's episode and began asking for security footage of the audio library where Nancy's commercials had been stored, I imagine he got scared. He must have realized I was getting closer than anyone had before. And so he made a very drastic decision. Monday evening, he went into the woods, recorded a confession, and released it online. It is a rambolic and sadistic rant full of self-pity and blame. I couldn't even listen to the whole thing. After word of the confession got out to the police, they rushed to the woods with searchlights to apprehend him. But it was too late. He was found dead. Deep lacerations all over his face, arms, and neck 
The phone he used to record the confession was destroyed. And near his body, the police found an old gardening cultivator. The bent metal prongs covered in blood. The police are testing the cultivator, but many suspect it to be the same one that had slashed Nancy's chest. So the murderer was found. He confessed to the crime. He was found with the murder weapon. And he is dead. For everyone living in fear of who ritualistically slaughtered Nancy all those years ago, they can finally sleep peacefully. This is a happy ending. And yet, in this small town of Wilson, Kentucky, people are already talking. I've been hearing people discuss theories, wondering who or what could have done this. I can't help but think this was his plan the whole time. He knew what the woods meant to this town. That's why he created such a theatrically perverse crime scene. And he's doing it again with his own crime scene. Really, what's more believable? That some giant mythical cryptid slashed him to death? Or that he did this to himself? The reason he was able to get away with murder for a decade is because of this town's superstitions and a giant flying beast. Enough of this absurd tactic of shifting blame onto a non-existent monster. The monster is gone. He's dead in the woods. Or, you know what? Who cares? People can go on living their lives thinking there's something dangerous in the forest. It won't affect me at all. After months of work and research, I have all the answers that will satisfy me. I am leaving tonight and never coming back. I would like to extend a thank you to those who listened, those who encouraged, and those who helped. Your involvement was invaluable. And to those of you who have the repulsive desire to hear the ravings of a dead murderer, I have uploaded his full confession. Not to glorify, but to bear witness the hysterics of true evil. Let it stand as a warning that the untrustworthy can create a sincere ring to their lies. I'm Phoebe Lowe, and you'll never hear from me again. <laughs>